0: And the idea that you are the creator of your life. You know, you get to create your moments. You get to create every aspect that designs the life that you want to live. Um, that all takes alchemy. That all takes internal navigation because the internal thoughts direct and uh, create your results in life, right? So um, as you think, the world rises up around you. So your every moment, you're constructing
1: the world around you. What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Patrick Cook. Welcome to Being. Being is a place where we gather to explore some of life's most difficult questions. What does it mean to lead a meaningful life? What does it mean to live a life of purpose or on purpose? How do we make sense of the world? Really what we're asking is, what the hell is going on? My intention with this podcast is to explore what it means to be human in the modern world through the lens of creativity, consciousness, and personal development. Being ventures to make collective sense of an increasingly complex world with the unifying goal of building a sustainable future for all. As humanity continues to march full steam towards extinction, we can no longer afford to simply ask, what is best for me? The question now must become, what is best for me and the whole simultaneously. And so, dear audience, I want to inspire you to take full responsibility, to find your purpose, and to engage your evolution as a conscious agent. I challenge you to live your being. If you're enjoying the content, please do subscribe to the show and get a new episode delivered directly to your device every Friday. And as always, I love hearing from you, so please do rate and review the episode on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or whichever platform you prefer. For show notes and more information, head on over to being-podcast.com. Now, on with the show. My guest today is most commonly known as the photographer of the Who's Who and some of the world's most highly acclaimed entrepreneurs. Nick Onken is a creative alchemist whose professional and commercial repertoire has no template or limits. According to Nick, it is through creativity that we unlock our true potential and live to the fullest, most authentic version of ourselves. And in a world saturated by fear, lack of time and confusion, Nick offers a rare type of soothing clarity through daily creative protocols, esoteric musings, and self-expression practices, superbly delivered through the lens of art, photography, design, and coherent spiritual narrative. Nick Onkin, welcome to Being. Woo! Nick Onkin, welcome to Being. What is going on, my brother? I am being here now. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Love that answer. Love that answer. Nick and I actually met uh, almost a year ago exactly on like a remote island off the coast of northern Madagascar of all places where you can only helicopter or boat in. So that was an interesting time. <laughs> and sort of my <laughs> that first Im- was. yeah. My first impression of you, Nick, was obviously uh, your sense of fashion and flair. You know, you just have this amazing essence to you. That was the, the first impression. And then as we got <laughs> to know each other, obviously uncovering your remarkable talent um, in many regards, but as a photographer, I had the honor of being a client and we got some great shots in a great location in the middle of freaking nowhere. So that was awesome. Um, Yeah, but I was also, you know, uh, astounded with your sort of level of um, self awareness and willingness to explore the world and yourself through your creativity and other avenues, and that was um, really refreshing. Um, Well, thank you. Yeah, for sure. And I was reading your bio that you sent me, which is fucking awesome as well. And you describe yourself as a creative alchemist. Can you sort of unpack what does that mean to you?
0: Um, Well, it really means the you know, it creative alchemy is doing the work that it takes to access a higher level of creative creative expression. Mm. So, you know, for me and my experience of over the last few years, um, you know, the consistency of the long run of a creative life, creative journey, whatever you want to call it, is uh, takes so much inner work uh, to mm. alchemize the fears, the thoughts, the feelings, and just the daily life. World of life that happens, mm. and um, you know, to realize that it's all happening for you, but also you have to do the work to alchemize the all of that stuff to get to a space of creation, right? So, mm. you know, even if you consider, I mean, I consider, you know, I think everyone is creative, yeah, a creative. They, they, they are a creator. Doesn't mean they're an artist, yeah. uh, but everyone's art is different. Some people, it's their their entrepreneurs and their art is their business. Some people enjoy painting on the side some people it is a full-time hustle you know Mm -hmm. art and creativity um you know your art could be anything it's i think the idea of um create creativity and and create is creating your life really totally and the idea that you are the creator of your life you know you get to create your moments you get to create every aspect that designs the life that you want to live um that all takes alchemy that all takes internal navigation because the internal thoughts direct uh, and create your results in life right so mm. um as you think the world rises up around you so you're you're every moment you're constructing the world around you and then you're executing and taking action off of those or you're not taking action those ta- or or those thoughts will talk you into just laying on the couch and doing nothing or you know <laughs> what whatever that is right like it's the alca the creative alchemy is taking you to the space of creativity it's Mm. the 80 percent that gets you just to the baseline of starting to put the pen on the paper for uh for instance you know the pen on the paper could be anything Mm. uh, whether that's
1: actual like we just
0: talked about actual creation or just creating the life that you
1: want yeah totally i i totally agree with you and it uh it says in your uh, bio again, every minute of every day we're creating through moments, experiences, and meaningful interactions. So, like you said, you don't necessarily have to be an artist to recognize that you are creating your own reality, which is kind of a mind bending thing to, you know, to sort of wrap your head around. So, and I think that's kind of what a lot of people, they stay in the dark or in the unconscious because they don't, they just don't understand it. So, did you have a moment or like an experience or like a breakthrough where you're just like, wait a minute, I'm in control of my life here? And I am creating my own reality. Like, how did you come to that sense of awareness?
0: Yeah, I mean, like, it's 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 gone through a few different levels, right? But the first the first one was reading Tim Ferriss's book of you know a four hour work week, like cool. two, however many twenty years ago. Mm. It gave me the idea that I can design the life that I want, right? Like, right. design. You know, I've I've started out as a graphic designer. That was my first career. So, like, you apply principles of design to just your everyday life. And, you know, I went through a handful of years, another, you know, and then like probably a good four years ago, three years ago, I went through, uh, you know, and my, my business over the last 10 years of, of the commercial side of photography started to decline. And mm. I went through a whole emotional, uh, spiral <laughs> in, in that respect, which, which spurred and inspired doing some, you know, emotional intelligence work, which I took this course in LA called MITT, Mastery and Transformational Training. It's kind of like a landmark, basically basic emotional intelligence type of stuff. Cool. And that that opened up a lot of possibility and a lot of uh, a new framework to think from. And then that was kind of another, you know, expansion, if you will, or space. And then uh, a few years ago, I was in a relationship that was pretty toxic to a certain point. And like, I was still at the same time trying to figure out my commercial photography career um you know and i was just in another dark i, I broke up with that i got broke up with that girl mm. that woman and you know just went into a complete dark night of the soul yeah uh and not necessarily you know because of her it just put me into that space of life uh, yeah where i started contemplating um, and questioning the existence of of everything and why we're here, and you know like I mean essentially we're just like these like beings, just like Durga Durka Durga walking around, wandering <laughs> this world, trying to- ex- just like figuring out how to exist, right yeah, um, you know, so I did some plant medicine through that journey, I did meditation I've always been doing meditation for a long time, uh, breath work is really kind of a big thing that got me integrated mm. back into this. Reality, um and just kind of back on my feet, and it's been a good three years, three year four, three year process of, yeah. you know, and and it's still constant, everyday alchemy, everyday work to alchemize those feelings, to understand, you know, balance this three D, five D reality that we mm. live in, and now I'm even going, you know, fi- like t- taking things deeper you know plant medicine journeys but also just reading different literatures and you know ideas of of perhaps we're all in a simulation yeah you know pro you just like all these different <laughs> ideas which i think are fascinating to me and me that's too. just kind of where i'm at in the journey so you know it's it's been beautiful and you know, I'm kind of definitely back into a space of, of creation and, you know, excited about uh, life and, and what I'm up to and, uh,
1: and all that stuff. Awesome. Well, I can't wait to hear more about what you're up to, but it's a couple more questions. Like the, the dark night of the soul, like you described you sort of having a, a breakup that sort of triggered it and you some, um, disenfranchisement with your work. Like my, my journey, almost echoes the exact same thing. Like I was writing jingles for corporations and it was like, the business was declining. I'm like, really, does this resonate for me? And that sort of triggered my like, okay, wait a minute. There's the whole other world going on here that I'm not even aware about. Do you think it's necessary? And then alcohol was a big part of my journey as well. Like I was just drinking. That was my, you know, I'm Irish Catholic. That's what you do, you know? Anytime (laughs) you have a problem, you go to the pub, right? So it was kind of baked into my culture that that's how you deal with problems. You just go have a pint. But uh, I got to a point where I recognize that's just an unsustainable solution. But um, my question is like, if is it necessary to have some dark night of the soul or some breakdown, some rock bottom, in order to start coming to these awarenesses? Because I, I, in my opinion, we need to do this on mass immediately, uh, like as far as awakening and self awareness and personal transformation work. So, how can we um, help? whoever the listeners are sort of take that first step if they're on the cusp without having to go into the dark holes well
0: you know i i kind of honestly think you need to be in the dark hole yeah right and you know you need the universe to hit you with the cosmic brick i think the thing is is like (laughs) you gotta listen to the cosmic brick or the cosmic brick is gonna get bigger and bigger until you do listen right and you know i I know I realize for me like you can have a head knowledge, but like the embodied knowledge, the experiential mm. knowledge is completely different totally. you know and you know I think this year has been a good cosmic brick for a lot of people <laughs> Totally, i man. mean it was it was another cosmic brick for me too, yeah, you know me too like, I did. You know when when the in march when all this stuff started i all, all my stuff got canceled i didn't yeah. think i was ever going to work again i didn't yeah. know well, people are dropping dead in the streets at least that's what we think we saw yeah right and <laughs> <laughs> i i was like i was like freaking like sanitizing everything in my apartment and yeah. stuff like that yeah. and then you know not all is is what meets the eye but yeah. I think, you know, this year has definitely shaken up a lot of people in a good way. Yeah. And, but I do believe you need a shake up because like, it's like that thing, right? Like you can't help a friend until they're ready to be helped. Yeah. And that help is like, they still got to do it on their own. Like totally. you have to, you have to do this work on your own. No one's going to do it for you. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, being in that toxic relationship is the same thing. Like I couldn't force her to do the work. Mm. I couldn't like make her happy that was yeah. a big thing i learned in that relationship and so i was either i had to choose i was like i could either be in a relationship with someone who was always angry and triggered every day or i could not <clears throat> and it took <laughs> took me 3 times but i decided not yeah <laughs> at a certain point and that's the thing is like you're never going to you know, you can always create conversations. You can help people understand and become aware of, of these dark nights or these, um, you know, awakening mm. uh, opportunities. Mm-hmm. But until that person's ready, you know, and they're desperate to get out of it and they're mm. desperate to do the work, I don't know. I yeah. mean, I, that's where I had to be. Yeah. And I I know a lot of people that I've talked to who've gone through like dark nights of the soul. It's like they had to go through that yes. to to have the motivation to want to feel whole again, to want to feel better, to want mm. to have purpose, to want to like create a better space in their life. Um I think that's uh I think that is a huge piece of it. Mm. I don't know. I mean that that's what it was for me. So uh, I can't say that's f- what it is for everyone, but I do think that um,
1: it's it's a pretty big piece of the pie. Yeah, of the puzzle. totally. Uh, something you said at the beginning is uh, recognizing that life is happening for you, not to you. And that's sort of becoming aware of those, um, you know, glimpses that the universe is giving you before you get hit with the, like the massive brick. It's like the brick started to get bigger and bigger and bigger, you know. And for me, it was like my body started breaking down from the alcohol. And it's like as sooner or later, it's... It, it, what what I'm trying to say is, like, before people get to the point where it's either, you know, uh, a diagnosis or an accident or a DUI or, you know, a death in the family or their own death before they wake up, you know, is there some way to sort of wake them up? Uh, and what you Yeah,
0: I mean, I think it's maybe just like, hey... If the cosmic bricks are hitting you, listen, because they're (laughs) going to get bigger. And it's like you were just saying, like, sometimes (laughs) it takes a fucking car accident for people to realize, like, oh, shit, I've got to, like, dive into my own, follow my own white rabbit and understand and, like, try to see where my true self is and start to see what my existence means here and, like, then create that, right? yeah we're meaning we're meaning making machines like yes our our meaning of being here is created on our own yes that's like our own our own decisions
1: so what are we here for in your opinion
0: i mean that's different for everyone right yeah uh, totally like everyone everyone's purpose is is their own i think you know for me i'm realizing like i want to live the best life experience this life to the fullest and also uh, inspire other people to do that and to you know live their their higher selves mm. and to be free and and live a, f- a life of freedom and a life of um, creative expression mm. you know
1: totally that's you know my mission is to ha- like inspire people and help people to do that yeah Yeah, me too. I think mine echoes almost uh, exactly. But um, what you're saying about, you know, you can't force people to do it, but you can lead by example. You can be a role model in the way you show up in in the world. Uh, And I think that's exactly what you're talking about. So kudos to you for doing that. I think what uh, the other thing that sort of came up with me for me when you were talking about your relationship is that sense of sovereignty and that sense of wholeness within ourselves. Like so often in specifically in romantic relationships, but all areas of our life, we're looking externally for control or validation or affection or trying to make sense of the world. We're always looking outward when all the answers are really on the inside. Right. So was there something that you learned about um, being that whole creative sovereign person, maybe through that relationship or throughout your life that sort of cemented that idea in for you?
0: Um, yeah, I mean, I think that, that, that was like a bit of a battle for me during that relationship, because I, I think it takes two sovereign, um, independent people to create a solid relationship exactly um otherwise you create codependency and you know i've i've had definitely had my codependent um natures especially in that relationship (laughs) and you know and I, i think a lot of it you know it started to feel itchy at a certain point because i was like compromising my own feelings and my own my own like well-being to coddle her and to yeah. make her feel okay and to make her feel happy because like she was just never happy uh-huh. it was always like a, you know i at a certain point it was like a ticking time bomb before i felt like you know something like what every day was gonna be like when's the ball gonna drop today <laughs> kind of thing and i was that was when i was just like okay that's no way i live. need to like no yeah. it's you know it still took me a three tries to to get to actually break up Mean yeah. those probably because of codependent issues, right? Yeah. Like my own codependency, keeping me in a in a in a relationship that I wasn't supposed to be in. Yeah. But it, you know, it was all in the right time, and it was all how it was meant to be. That's exactly. also something that we gotta like take perspective on. Is that you know you learn the lessons when you need to learn them. Yes. Um, so yeah, I'm going through. I'm taking the. Have you heard of the Gene Keys? Yes, I have. Incredible. So. Yeah, I'm taking the the Venus sequence uh, course online right now. Wow, it's how is really, it? It's really interesting, but I, like that's what he talks about. He, like in he, the first thing, he talks about how like every relationship you're in is for a purpose, totally, and it's to to teach you the things that you're here to heal and mm-hmm. to 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 shift into change and and all of that so
1: i'm excited to keep going i just started it so awesome fascinating Fascinating. and if you don't learn the lesson in any situation or relationship and you get out of it and you're just going to jump into another relationship that has the same attributes before you learn the lesson that's like the cosmic bricks will just get bigger until you learn that lesson and you move on to the next level right Exactly. (laughs) Cosmic
0: bricks everywhere. They're just like raining. (laughs) I'm totally
1: going to steal that. I love that phrase, cosmic bricks. I've never heard it described like that. (laughs) Do it.
0: Yeah. I I did a quote post on my Instagram with that like a few weeks ago. Awesome. (laughs) Right on. uh, Just out of another conversation, you know?
1: Yeah. So I'm interested. So uh, you're such a creative human being in so many regards. I'm interested to ask you, like, how would you describe your current relationship with your creativity and how has it changed over time?
0: Um, hmm. my current, my current relationship is, uh, you know, I used to, I think before like 20 years ago, I was like really just focused on one thing, right? The first it was graphic design. And then I moved into photography, did that for about 15 years, still doing it, still doing photography. I've just pivoted into more personal branding for entrepreneurs and right. personalities and, you know, musicians and people and things like that. So um, I think, A, you've got to learn how to pivot in different times. Totally. Adaptability is key. So I've had to learn that lesson a lot over the last few years. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, once like, you think one thing's going, and then you're yeah. like cosmic brick happens, there, and you're like, oh, I gotta like pivot. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for me, like I've just expanded, and like I mean, you can see the art behind me. It's just like that's another piece of my art, and Love I make it. hat. I make custom hats now. It's another canvas. Now I'm just see kind of everything as a canvas, right? Yes. So um, I'm working right now on. Pulling my own personal brand together under one umbrella with one kind of creative alchemy vision, and then that's going to infuse and inspire all the different mediums that I te- I like to like play with. You right. know? So for me, going now and forward, it's like okay, how can I stay in my creative zone of genius, my zone of genius, which is creativity and right. being the creative, and then start you know delegating as much as I can mm. of the marketing stuff, of totally the the operations stuff and the tech stuff but like that takes some also commercialization and productization Mm -hmm. to be able to fund that right so you know for me i I, i'm seeing creativity as like a bigger vision maybe hiring other i i've started to hire other designers to create stuff for me for my brand for my different things Mm -hmm. um like i just did a creative alchemy patch um that i'll I'll be selling and also putting inside the hats and it's got like a little mushroom on there with like a white rabbit (laughs) and you know but it's like i had you know i was able to hire another designer because i like his work and i i I knew that he would be able to execute actually execute what i was thinking Mm. better than i could right and that's how most more creative art director level type of people think and right um so it's it's a bit of that you know versus you know but i've also used utilized photography to and built a name in that space to help me that's i i'm leveraging that to right. make all the connections that i'm making and i love it i mean i still love photography um yeah. it's so much fun and i love photographing people and and it's still kind of my first medium love mm-hmm. um but it's still fun to play in all these other different areas yes have my hands in all these different pots but you know <laughs> i think i've created a i've been creating a brand that's pretty becoming more and more cohesive and that's like the goal
1: yeah awesome i totally resonate with that as well like i'm in the same boat so I've, you know i'm doing music i'm doing podcasting i'm doing coaching and sort of just having them cohesive and from one perspective you know like um the world coming through me through one lens, you know, like creating through one lens, but delegation is something that I'm really struggling with as well. You know, like when you are so uh, particular, you do have a vision. It's tough to, even if it's the marketing or the business or the accounting to sort of let go of that. And that's kind of a brick that I'm dealing with right now is letting go of some control of the whole ship, you know? (laughs) And, And so, so, so I can stay in my creative genius though. Right. And that's the whole point is that, you know, people like you and I want to stay in that creative zone. And then all the stuff that has to happen on, you know, on this, on the sides, and, right. and we need to be able to delegate in order to, you know, have the time and energy and bandwidth to stay in that creative zone. And that's for yeah, me, absolutely. a ch- a challenge. Yeah.
0: I mean, I'm, it's a challenge for me too. And I'm at, I'm just at the beginning of it. I used to yeah. have an assistant, full-time in the office which was huge yeah like, right I, I accomplished so we accomplished so much more <laughs> totally. but then my revenue dipped and like now i'm have I had to rebuild my revenue just to be able to pay for somebody right um to be able to afford an assistant to like create the time you know because that assistant creates more time for you to do more other things and, yeah exactly you know it's like i got to rebuild again so yeah.
1: i'm i'm trying to figure out what that
0: looks like over
1: the next year yeah for sure but it's a, just another way to learn or, or cultivate more self-awareness like okay well, where am i resisting why do we not do i not want to let go of control of certain things you know um, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, well, yeah, and then it also it's it's a revenue thing too. Yeah, totally.
0: You're just like slapped us all in the face. Hundred percent. <laughs> yeah, it's so just it's kind of rebuilding, and then like being able to do it again, right? Yeah, and then it is it is really about the control
1: and letting go and seeing where you can go. Yeah. That. And that's a good metaphor for, you know, life and personal transformation. It's all about surrender, you know, all about, cause we, there's no, there's no control. We have no control other than what ourselves, right? And so we're constantly looking outside of ourselves for control and it never works. So that's a, that's a big lesson to learn for sure. Coming to terms with surrender. Were you, <laughs> um, you guys, I find a lot of these, uh, you know, traits and, and shit we learned as kids, you know, because when we're kids, we're taking on information and patterns and beliefs and all that conditioning from our parents or guardians, whoever's raising us. And so we come imprinted with certain conditioning that we carry into adulthood. And most of it's happening in the unconscious, which is why we're sort of asleep and on autopilot, you know, until we have the wherewithal to look at that shit. And say, like, Oh, wait a minute. Those, all those beliefs, like, are they really serving me anymore? Are they in alignment with who I am? And so what I wanted to ask you is are, how were you supported as being creative as a child, or is that something you sort of had to cultivate on your own?
0: Um, I was always supported as a creative. Awesome. Um, thank God. My parents were very, um, very, uh, supportive in that nature they always encouraged me to do what i wanted to do and, mm. and all that um you know i think that the the other part of the conditioning was that i was brought up in a very like conservative christian upbringing mm. so i was also conditioned in that and while i was you know up until like I'd, i kind of graduated from high school i was like living under that like construct and you know i think through that whole time i was could i always had a really hard time resonating with it but like my you know i was just like my friends were all there and i had like a lot of great friends in that space yeah. so i played the part and then I, I realized afterwards that like it was just you know it didn't resonate with me and mm-hmm. i had to like take a you know <laughs> walk away from that world yeah and within that world the way that my dad showed up to me was like i felt like he was always judging me i, di- I didn't i subconsciously mm thought that I, my dad was always judging me. totally and that's um, an example
1: of a limiting belief right thinking that you're being judged it uh, influences your choices and behavior without you knowing it
0: yeah 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 and it, and it was you know i didn't even know it until what like probably eight years ago and yeah. when i did the mitt that's kind of where i realized that like i picked up that 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 judgment feeling so it was like me judging others me feeling judged mm. all the time it limited my own like vocal expression because i thought that you know because You know, when I grew up, my dad would always, you know, if we talked about anything about the word of God and Christianity, he got very verbally affirmative. Mm. And then if I talked about anything that was like outside of that or dating or anything, he just shut down and like got quiet and would just like, Mm. he was processing, but then like never would have anything to say. So as a kid, I walked away with that, but with the impression that like I thought he was judging me. Right. And then I felt, you know, it's like the whole christian garbage like judgment non-judgment like everybody's always judging you as a christian totally like no matter what like you're judged if you don't believe the same same way that they do yeah and that's pretty shitty it is pretty honest.
1: shitty <laughs> i grew up irish catholic dude i know all about it
0: yeah exactly yeah and so i didn't even realize like how that affected me subconsciously i never mm. even really thought about it until mm. i started doing this like inner work and um, you know it's it was it's been a gradual process since then
1: yeah wow man well that's a, a perfect example of exactly what we we're just talking about sort of uncovering those layers of, of patterning and conditioning so what do you think you know Because because they can go on for like generations, like your father learned it from somebody, and he probably learned it from his father and goes on and on back and back, right? So to have the courage to sort of uncover those beliefs and sort of break that ancestral line is really challenging for a lot of people, because you are so programmed to continue on doing the same thing. But what do you think your father was going through when he was being silent? Was he 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 didn't understand or it sort of went against some core values? Or what do you think was happening for him?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think he just it just went against his belief his mental construct, right? Exactly. He didn't he didn't know what to do and he probably learned this from his parents. Like he didn't know how to have conflicting conversations, still Mm. doesn't. And I inherited that from him as well. Mm. And it's something that I'm learning to work through because I get to work through that and I realize that I get to work through that. I don't think he really understands, has that awareness. Mm. Um or even has really gone down that path. Maybe he has, but like, you know, from like our last few conversations, like anything, anything that contradicts his way of thinking, um, he gets paralyzed, like paralyzed Mm. with information and doesn't know how to compute it. And I think, and that's, that's where he's like processing. Um, and I get it now. Like, I totally understand when, when that happens, I understand what he's doing. Um, Mm. and I don't, you know, I'm not running away with the story now, the same story, because I'm aware of it. Yeah, that's um, it. And I get it, you know, and, and I don't blame him at all. And I've even told him that. Like, I don't blame you. It's like, no. that's that's just how you did the best with the tools that you had at the time. Exactly. We all do. Exactly.
1: Yeah, I it's think a,
0: it's up to us. Yeah. To-
1: totally i think what you're describing is uh cognitive dissonance when you have these core beliefs and you hold them so deeply so strongly and then you have a conversation or evidence that contradicts them it it melts your brain you can't compute you know and i think that's what's happening to a lot of people right now in the world you said the cosmic brick of 2020 has sort of hit a lot of people in the face it's like they've held these beliefs on how the world is and how shit operates and it's like okay well maybe that's not the case and it's Incredibly uncomfortable to come to terms with. Okay, maybe my worldview is not so solid. Yeah. (laughs) Would you resonate with that? uh,
0: Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And I mean, think of like how there's, I mean, sense making is a whole new term right
1: now. It is. I'm deep into it. It's fucking epic.
0: Yeah, Yeah,
1: there's a couple great podcasts. There's uh, Rebel Wisdom. Oh, Oh, yeah, dude. I did did Rebel Wisdom Sense Making 101 course and it was the best thing, best course I've ever done. It's fucking amazing. Yeah, you should check it out. out. Unbelievable. Yeah, and then.
0: um i'll have to check i love that podcast yeah me too and then free free thinker yes totally
1: or future thinkers future Future thinkers Thinkers, yeah
0: yeah that's also a great one totally um and it's but it is really interesting of like we're in a narrative
1: warfare it is like it's exactly what it is
0: you can i my my narratives are shattered every day now and i'm just (laughs) like i don't I don't fucking know. Yeah. I don't no, know. I don't know either. You know?
1: But being okay with not knowing and being not being attached to one worldview, I think, is what you said earlier about adaptability, right? You have to be open to refining your worldview with new information. Right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it is like kind of in taking everything to make your own uh your own narrative and your own understanding. But at the end mm. of the day, you just kind of gotta like surrender it all and be like, okay. Well, I'm just gonna create my shit because yeah. uh, I have no control over all the other shit that's happening in the world, and totally, you know, I live, I live in my own like little like space here, and yeah, and then I forget that there's this other world outside sometimes because like I'll I'll just I get so buried in working that I just I'll like sit here and just like work, for, not even leave the house in three days. Yeah,
1: totally. Um, the, the and then danger. I walk outside,
0: I'm like oh yeah there's a pandemic <laughs> yeah, or something right. or a fake <laughs> pandemic real virus but fake pandemic yeah exactly and, uh, exactly <laughs> <laughs> well, the- And i'm like oh and then i just like blow th- i like have these like weird like glitches in the matrix like i'm like is this and if this even real yeah it's especially fucked after, up right? it, it's crazy after doing mushrooms <laughs>
1: We'll talk about that in a second, but I just wanted to comment on what you just said about, okay, we have no control about what's going on out there, but that can easily, like the response can easily translate into nihilism or just, you know, fuck it, I'm going to go get drunk and, you know, screw hookers and do coke, you know, that you can easily go down that path too. But I think the, the balance is okay at least for me, I want to understand as fully and deeply as possible what is actually going on in this reality, like who the power players are, what are the the geopolitics, all that, and what's the transfer of money and power and all that shit. But then recognize it also, if I go down that rabbit hole, I can easily get depressed. I can easily go into, fuck, this is too much and just go into dark places. So understanding what's going on and then coming back to myself on what I can do about it personally, you know? And really yeah, that's absolutely. what we're talking about is personal transformation. Take care of your own shit first.
0: Yeah, I mean, I even had to like stop going down the uh, conspiracy rabbit holes and yeah. just like intaking that because it was like it, it was creating fear within me because totally. like I don't want to, if, if all that shit is true, like I don't want to live in that world. That's yeah. a fucking shitty world. It is like, a shitty world. Um, Super dystopian. I was like, dude, we could be in like The Handmaid's Tale yeah. in like a year. Totally. You don't even know
1: um but at but the same funny, time po- we don't want to just close our eyes and say oh that's that can never happen and then you know we, i have kids right so for me it's a little more pre- uh you know there's a little more pressure it's like i i can't explain to my children when they grow to my age that on my watch i let this shit happen i let it go to dystopia right without doing anything totally about it, right? totally so
0: yeah that's why i'm so i posted a, a quote on my instagram yesterday called it was just like curate your intake and yes i think i saw you that talk about beautiful yeah Thank you. You talk about like creating awareness. I think we have to create awareness around what we're intaking. Yes, and take keep taking inventory moment to moment because, like, I don't know if you listen. You probably listened to the Tristan Harris. Yeah, I did. Um, Daniel Schmachtenberger as well. Yeah, I mean those dudes. It's like it is. It's so real. Like so you can real. get down a, an algorithmic rabbit hole mm-hmm. and find yourself completely radicalized on the other end. Yeah, ready to like fight, which is what they want. Yeah, you know, like how do you destroy America? You don't go against them with your militia. You're never yeah. gonna win. Yeah, but you just you can destroy it from the inside out with information and algorithms. Totally. And then you have like China and Russia, basically like feeding. You know, feeding fake information on both sides mm-hmm. to, to um, amplify the algorithms, and pretty soon you're like completely radicalized. Yeah. And on the same respect, like how do you know what the fuck anything is true?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like information, where where are you, how do you know what information is true? Yeah, you can't. You know, you can't really tell, and that's why sense making is so important. How do we make sense of the world? Um, it's yeah. it's and it begins. Like I was mentioned that Red Rebel Wisdom course. I went into it like, okay, teach me how to make sense of the world. Teach me how to navigate the online space and shit. And the first three weeks of a six-week course was all inner work. It's about presence and, you know, sovereignty and, you know, recognizing when you're emotionally triggered so you don't get hijacked or limbically hijacked. You know, it's it's all that inner work of, of self-awareness to recognize mm, yeah. when you're going, you're getting hijacked by, you know, whatever the narrative is, right? And so I thought that was totally. incredibly, yeah, before we even got to the external navigating the, the information landscape or the narrative shit, you know, is all inner work, which I th- thought was fascinating and so true, yeah, that make,
0: you know? I mean, it makes 100% sense. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. Like it is. It really, you have to create, that's, that's exactly what I'm talking about. You have to create the awareness. That's yeah. a great way of putting it Yeah, uh, around what you're intaking. You have to be careful that you're not running your
1: lens of traumas into mm. like the intake of what you're you're experiencing. Exactly. You're just getting triggered into traumas or biases or, you know, and that's what the AI does on on social media. You know, it figures out what your biases (laughs) is and then just pushes that button repeatedly to keep you coming back, right? So you're limbically hijacked. Exactly. Yeah. Um, And I think it's worth saying that, you know, the, the big tech giants, that's not what their primary goal was. Their primary goal is maximizing, you know, profit for shareholders, right? But the second order effect is polarization of people, you know? The, the best way to right. keep you on the site is to push your buttons and keep you emotionally engaged and limbically hijacked, you know? But that also radicalizes you in a certain direction. So you are so exactly. polarized, and, you know, and then everybody has this... You know, polarized, multipolar view of the world, and that just creates conflict, and nobody knows what the fuck's going on, and everybody's against each other. Like you said, turn the enemy against itself, and it all collapses. Exactly. Hey, are you feeling lost, anxious, frustrated by the state of the world? I get it. The world is a pretty messed up place right now. Maybe you're even distracting yourself from the pain with things like alcohol, social media, Netflix, gambling, shopping. I know, I did it for years. This is why I've made it my mission to support brave souls just like you in taking back creative control of your life, finding a deeper sense of purpose, and building a solid foundation of certainty even in such uncertain times. This is exactly why I have created the Fuck Yes Club. This program is for people who are tired of living in uncertainty and fear, sick of living up to somebody else's standards, fed up with not fulfilling their highest potential, This is for the people who are ready to tap into their infinite well of creative power and start creating the life they have always wanted. We are in the midst of a massive transition. Great change is upon us, and we're being called to grow and evolve in ways that we may have been avoiding. Is it your time? Are you ready? There are only two answers here, people. No and fuck yes. If you are in the fuck yes category, then immediately go to www.thefuckyesclub.com right now for more information and to secure your spot. Now, back to the show.
0: Have you seen uh, the show The
1: Newsroom? I have not, no. Dude, one of
0: the <laughs> best shows written. It was by, written by Aaron Sorkin. Oh, is this years ago? Uh, years ago yes i yeah, remember that jeff Ye- with yeah. jeff daniels yes i did see that yeah i th- mean it was so good and it yeah. was so interesting because like that, uh, the first season was like bringing like real journalism back and then yeah. the second season is how journalism got hijacked by yes. clickbait yes so interesting to see beautiful
1: like i love it was one of, it's one of my favorite shows yeah definitely like recommend watching that totally Totally. So, like you just said, is um, at the root of this is you, uh, avoiding being triggered into your traumas. And so, cultivating that self-awareness to, you know, every day being able to come back to your center, your creative center, and it's it's less about what you're creating, but where you're creating from, right? And so, for me, I have daily practices, and I'm sure you do as well, about Coming back to that sort of center of that knowingness, that trust within myself, absent of the external world, you know, so, so I don't get taken away by the fear and the bullshit and the narrative, you know, so I can really center myself and start creating from there. And I, I find I'm way more effective. I'm way more peaceful, even in the face of chaos and bullshit and pandemic, you know. Do you, do you right. have practices around that? Like, so what I guess my question is, what are some of the practices and techniques that you use to stay grounded, healthy, and creative?
0: yeah i mean good question because that's like something i really focus, focused focused yeah. on this year especially go, like once the once all this craziness started happening like i've really had to double down and yeah. like really make it an effort to you know my like my first hour of the morning is you know no phone yeah. i like i'll med- i meditate for about 30 to 40 minutes awesome and then then i'll jump i'll check i'll check my and check my messages mm. and then i'll work out um put a podcast on because i think listening to podcasts is a great way to state change because you mm. li- learn about information i like to do it when i'm working out because it takes my mind off of working out <laughs> um, <laughs> so but i'll usually do like a 20 20 minute hit like intensity training yeah, just cool. here in my house and then um I make myself uh, a, like my protein smoothie bowls or just like everything I look forward to every morning and, you know, put it, you know, filling my body with nutrients and, and that kind of thing. Uh, so that's kind of my typical, like I try to get like yoga. I do like five minutes of yoga within that just to like get some movement, some stretch, yeah. some, you know, I'd, I'll i put a red light on and do that in front of like I'll, I'll work out in front of a red light. Cool. Um, I recently just got uh, the Oculus VR. Ooh the the quest and there's like some boxing games in there because i used to box before all this like a year ago i kind of like injured my shoulder um but i love going to the gym and boxing but now like this thing is crazy real and you get a solid workout wow. like i was like the first few days i did it last week or i, I got drew cannoli my buddy of mine like had one and i was like i have to get one of these and so wow. <laughs> so i got one and i've been like boxing in the, in the vr and you it's like there's a creed game in there cool. and you can actually like fight you can be rocky or you can be you Fucking know apollo or whatever and like and it's with the haptics of the of the uh the handles and all this stuff you can actually it feels like you're boxing. You get Seriously? a full on like shadow box workout. W-
1: no joke. You getting punched in the like, head and shit. How does that work?
0: Yeah, like they punch you, and like you can punch them. And like if I had a bigger space, I could move around a lot more. Right. But it's literally like in their <laughs> in the VR headset, it's like they're standing right in front of you, Fuck. and and you're just like punching them and punching them. You can punch bags. They have like the meat locker. You can go punch some meat. Wow. Uh, you can do the there's like they have like Sylvester Stallone like with the pads like as you're <laughs> coach and you can like punch even that's a workout so i, I started with that um so i think a big part of my thing is how can i integrate um fitness with the things that i'm you know other things that i'm doing like yeah. yesterday i went i probably did like a 20 25 mile ride around this city around central park it was nice out you know um while i was listening to a book so that's right. you know, kind of like Productivity stacking, um, yeah. <laughs> and so I try to stay active as much as I can while still um, doing other things. I feel like the days just go by. I've got so much to do. Yeah, I'm always creating stuff and working on stuff and bouncing yeah. back and forth between projects. But cool. yeah, that's kind of like my grounding is the meditation, Vedic meditation, um, and then sometimes I'll
1: do Joe Dispenza meditations mm, as well. Those are which awesome. I love. Yeah. For sure, I'm not crazy about his voice, but the content is amazing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He's a little dry. I don't don't know why he does the some of the stuff that he does. (laughs) It like almost takes you
1: out of the meditation. I'm glad somebody else said it. Like I love Joey, like a big fan of his work, but his meditations oh, are same like, here. Oh, You're like, fuck, dude, I don't
0: know, I can't yeah. do it. <laughs> I think you got to go to the older, the more original meditations that he's done. Because right. now with the newer ones, he kind of starts to do the whole like singing weird thing oh, to the, shit. the music.
1: He does chanting the, and it's,
0: shit. No, no, no. It's just like he says the words, kind of in a singy. Okay, you know, he's, but he doesn't do it as much as he used to in the beginning. I don't know. It's so weird. And why he didn't, why he didn't read *Becoming Supernatural* himself? I don't get it. Like oh, he's wow. Australian. Yeah, I'm like interesting. I was just, like when when authors have a speaker's voice yeah. and they don't read their own books. It's just strange to me. That is bizarre. Yeah. I, I just listened to Matthew McConaughey's book uh, and it's great. Okay. Like, so many great life lessons in there and he reads it and he's so animated and he's just like, you just follow, you just like love the guy. Yeah, and you he's just, got like, that this Texas
1: drawl. It's a charming Texas drawl. You know? He's <laughs> like,
0: dude, you know, and as he talks about like when he was like hit his, his level of fame, he just like had to get out and he just like bought a, bought a, a trailer and drove around the U S by himself like when he began like yeah because he needed like his own sovereignty like he needed to create his own sovereignty again because he was this known person yeah and uh, such a great great book great lessons great life lessons cool Um, but and audio he reads it it's great awesome
1: (laughs) cool so on a typical day like after your grounding shit like how do you get into the creative mode how do you get into the flow like what how can you describe your creative process
0: yeah i mean every day is different it's well i mean when i'm home it's usually very similar when Mm. i'm traveling it's completely different so when i'm home it's usually i do all that stuff and then i sit down and start working and just kind of like i have a list of stuff to do and kind of do that And then Mm. i'll I'll intermittently make hats just to like break up the computer work and stuff like that if i have a shoot you know then i'll sometimes have to get up early pop out do a shoot but when I'm, you know, I probably travel. I've been traveling probably a couple weeks a month on average, right. um, even since like probably June or yeah. July. End of July is when I traveled for the first time after after the quarantine stuff. Right. Um. Just only all in the U.S. around like L.A., you know, Arizona, Sedona, like mm. all those places. Um. And everything's different. Sometimes you know, it's usually like when I travel, it's around hanging out with friends, doing mm. photo shoots. You know it's usually booked i will book a couple of shoots and then do the shoots and then hang out and explore and i I spent a week in Sedona cool. and one shoot the first day and then we did that and then like I just the next five days hung out and went hiking and sick you know so that's inspiring as well and and like hanging out with the people that I hang out with um also is inspiring, like hanging out with my buddy drew uh in Sedona,
1: mm.
0: like he's the he's the founder of this company called Organify. And and uh, mm. so it's like even just hanging with him, I got to learn stuff, we got to create together, we got to go hiking together, and he's a super spiritual dude. So, you know, I think having being in, you know, I think talk we talk about curating, it's curating your friends, curating the people mm. you're surrounding yourself with. Totally. And that's also a piece of grounding for yeah. me is like having having these conversations and having expansive conversations with yes. people in my life.
1: Totally recognizing that we are energetic beings. And so we have this aura and what we allow into it is very important. We need to curate that shit. And whether that's people or, or food or alcohol or media or books or whatever it is, you know, we have to be careful about what gets in there totally yeah totally. man uh yeah. one of the things uh, i struggle with and you sort of touched on it a bit is how to prioritize my time and schedule it because i'm a creative as well i just i'm totally free flow man like i'm shit with <laughs> scheduling it's awful and it's like it's going to be my new year's resolution this year is like i got to get better at you know and it's and it's kind of the same that you're talking about like i just like whatever is present for me i go in and go into that flow right if i have something i have to do in this moment sure i'll do that <clears throat> but you know allowing myself the space to and and to to do whatever is present and flow without getting hijacked or going down rabbit holes or getting on facebook or any of that shit right so i guess the question is how do you prioritize your time and your schedule during the day um that's a great question. <laughs> I'm so much, I'm so
0: much in the flow, and like I, yeah. I, I, pro, I I've been working on my focus. Yeah. Actually, one thing that's really helped me is uh, my friend's company, uh, My Formula. Okay. which is like nootropics so right. it's like kind of like a customized nootropics brand so you take a test online and it kind of gives you spits out like a general framework of like what your first batch is and you experiment with those to see which one which one do you like right i've definitely noticed a huge difference in being able to like be more productive and focused when i'm in front of the computer because mm. that stuff i get i'm like you know it's like you're talking about it's like i get jump down i start checking my instagram right. i start doing all this stuff and then I'm like <laughs> three hours like goes eight, by eight yeah eight <laughs> things that i'm doing at once yeah because i just like i think of something and then by yeah. the time like if i don't write it down or open it up yeah then i'll forget about it do you think that ruins
1: your creative flow though by if you if you don't do that you know that's what that's kind of the the fear i have is like if i don't follow these sort of creative impulses then i'm going to miss out on something right
0: yeah, I I try to like kind of just go in the flow, but yeah. I also have so I also create like a to do list and yeah. I kind of do it by time time priority, right? You know, like that's I guess how I prioritize is what's the most time sensitive, yeah, and then I attack that first, and right. then I get that out of the way and move on to the next thing, and then assess like how urgent something is, right? in In regards to deadline, and in regards to the bigger picture of business, of like what do I need to accomplish first, yeah. You know sitting down to like just focus on one project in front of a computer i'm just not i like I'm not good at it. <laughs>
1: you think I'm not that's good at it do you think that's an attribute of creative people or is it what is it um probably yeah, yeah,
0: I mean it's also probably like our our i call it adult a d d but basically just <laughs> our technology. Yeah. You know attention spans. Yeah. Um, and now after after watching Social Dilemma, and I I did a uh, did a dopamine detox this summer. A couple I, of them. Right on. Which was very interesting, and it and it definitely kind of is a good reset. You know, mm. it was basically twenty four hours um, only, obviously sleeping, uh, nothing except for journaling, meditation, exercise, mm. and eating. Beautiful. Love it, but you can't. But not eating like junk, or like like not emotionally eating. type of foods. Yeah, right, right. Well, right. yeah, like no sugar, or no anything like that, because it, you get a hit of dopamine. Yeah, dopamine right. From that, so um, and it really was a great reset. I uh, bet. I, pro- I probably need to do another one again here soon.
1: You yeah. ever experimented with fasting?
0: Uh, no, but I've just, I was just in a conversation last week talking about fasting and dude, I kind of
1: want to try it's it. It's next level for sure. I, I do, uh, here in Costa Rica, they've got amazing coconuts. So it's people water, which is, it's got electrolytes and a little bit of sugar. But if you just drink electrolytes for, I did it six days in a row with no food, Ooh. you learn a lot of shit about yourself, dude, <laughs> about, <laughs> about how much time you waste. How, how, you know, the big thing for me is how much I eat for procrastination. Like if I'm sitting here doing work and I'm just like, okay, you know, I've sort of done this, maybe I'll just go have some lunch or something. It's like, it's not because I'm hungry. It's rarely because I'm hungry. It's just because I want to do something else or have that dopamine hit. Right. And so I actually, on the last fast, I wrote down every time I had an impulse to go eat while I was working. (laughs) And by the end of the day, there was like 50. It's like, holy shit. That's how often, you know, like unconsciously I just get up and go eat something. It's not because I'm hungry. This is because I want to do something else or get that dopamine hit, right? Yeah, and so, I
0: love food. <laughs> me too. I love it.
1: Yeah, I'm yeah. a foodie. But at the same time, it's, I think what we're talking about is having the cultivate enough self-awareness to know when, you know, okay, this is just something I enjoy and I'm going to do it consciously or am I just checking out? you know what right, i mean right 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 and that's yeah. a that's a fine line <laughs> but having that <laughs> awareness just around food then you can translate it to, into everything you're, do- you're doing in your life right and sort of apply that model okay am i doing this because you know it's just some checking out or i want to not think about it or procrastinate or am i doing it consciously right yeah yeah definitely something i want to try yeah totally man uh, cool, brother. Well, this is awesome. I, I We could talk all fucking day. Uh, this is amazing, but I just want to be cognizant of your time. So I'll just ask you a few more questions. Um, one of the favorite questions I like to ask my guests is, what is your definition of success and how's, how has it changed over time? Um,
0: I think my definition of success now is really kind of how can I live a balanced, creative life and have mm. enriched relationships um i don't know well maybe like it's changed over the years like i always used to want to be like this commercial successful photographer which i did and Mm -hmm. and, you know that was a big piece of it and then i realized that that wasn't like you know i was getting my self-worth from that and it wasn't Mm -hmm. fulfilling as you know and i've like had to i think over the last few years going through all this work i've really like detached from a lot of the ego stuff around Mm -hmm. any of that um which is huge. So now, I mean, success to me is like living the life that I want to live, um, with the with the uh,
1: relationships that of the people that I love. Mm, beautiful. Uh, again, exactly what we're just talking about is recognizing, you know, what is valuable to you in this moment, uh, rather than what you know, maybe your parents wanted you to do or what society wanted you to do. Like you wanted to be a successful commercial photographer, but you recognize that maybe there's some ego in there. Maybe that's some of your parents saying you should do this. You know what I mean? So constantly being open to refining it again, is that adaptability Okay, you know, is this really what I want or is this really what's valuable to me? I think is super important. So you just nailed it. So, um, what's something unexpected because you've done a lot of traveling and met a lot of people so what's something unexpected you've learned about humanity in your travels
0: um unexpected I think just uh, it probably goes back to the first time I went to the developing world it was just Mm. such a a shock to the like shock to the system like Mm. to see other people doing life in a space where they nece- might not have ne- necessarily made that much money yeah. or they they had a, they were living in a house that was like a mud hut with grass roof yeah. sweeping, swe- sweeping the dirt off the, off the dirt <laughs> every day. And, you know, like I think that's been such a huge piece of, of experience and, it, you know, experiencing that, you know, consistently and regularly over the years is mm. like, it's
1: always been a great reminder yeah, of, you know, just how good we have it right coming back to the gratitude it's right behind you joy and gratitude man that's it yeah tuning into those higher vibrations um 100 i don't know if you're up for it man but i'd love to hear your take on what what is going on in the world like within the context of we're trying to make sense of it right rather than just some bullshit conspiracy theory that we might have read you know because i think it's valuable to have sense-making conversations right so would you be open to it I mean, yeah,
0: it's, <laughs> uh, ugh, it's probably like it, it's a rabbit a hole conversation. I know, it's right? A whole now. Conversation. I think over, like, just like just a, an overview is. I don't think things are what like we've been told. Yeah, right. I think there's not enough questioning of what's happening mm. um, because people just want to be told how to live and what to do. Totally. That's also the the opening to be surveilled and controlled and Mm. um i think that you know i mean i like i don't know what's true i think take everything with a grain of salt you know conspiracy stuff right-wing patriot stuff left-wing fake woke stuff Mm -hmm. you know i think it's all a narrative that we've chosen to buy into and Mm -hmm. i don't know if there's any necessarily what there's not one right way or there's not one truth mm. there's so many truths out there and i don't know if you've ever heard of, heard uh ken Wilbur's work but he talks yep. about integral theory yep. and how like to get to a space where you're all inclusive of everything and you know there's shadow and there's light within everything mm-hmm. you know there's some truth to everything mm-hmm. um so I don't see how you can take on one specific narrative. I mean, there's pieces of the right wing narrative that I think are true. There's pieces Mm. of the left wing narrative that I think there's pieces of this, of the conspiracy narratives that I think are true. So Mm. where does that put me? I don't know. I mean, I just have to surrender to like what is and, and, you know, be aware of it, make other people question. I think opening other people's eyes to questioning the narrative. Yeah um questioning the motives of what's all going on because if you look at it, everything is run by money yes look at the like the whole you know and i, I love capitalism because like i'm aii lo- am able to do what i do because of capitalism yeah. but at the same time you have all these big companies that are everything's bought right mm-hmm. the lobbyists the companies big pharma big agriculture mm-hmm. you know big ag- agriculture making people sick so that big pharma can pretend like they're healing them, and just they they all just profit, right? Yeah, totally. Um, so you know what's the motives? You know, it's like questioning the motives behind that. I think yeah. Robert Kennedy Jr. is really great. You know, I think his whole his narrative is really like let's question what's happening. Yeah, like, what's going on? Totally. Why why are people questioning things, getting silenced and, yeah. and censored and deleted and all these different things because they question what the Mainstream narrative is yeah, Um, so I think the biggest thing is to start questioning things. Like, do research on like what doesn't make sense. Does like you look at the the whole timeline of this COVID thing and nothing makes sense. Nothing adds up. Yeah. So I think you know question everything. You know, do
1: don't just take things at face value. Beautiful, dude. That was amazing. I love it. I think another way to say it is uh, find the signal in the noise. Uh, that's a bit one of the, the sense-making 101 on Rebel Wisdom. Um, Daniel Schmachtenberger specifically talks about So there's so many different narratives. None of them is right and none, none of them is whole, but there is some signal, some truth in each of them, and there's a lot of noise around it. So it's our job to sort of sift through everything and not get attached to one narrative as, you know, let, this is what I believe and everything else is wrong because that's what the AIs are doing to you on social media, you're polarizing you into one position, right? So being exactly. open and adaptable to refining your worldview and asking the deeper questions and finding the signal amongst the noise to sort of construct a worldview that makes sense amongst the madness. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome, dude. Totally. All right, one, totally. one last question for you, brother, before I let you go. If you were to take all your experiences, all your knowledge and wisdom gained and distill them down into one message, what would it be?
0: um you know i think dive into yourself and find Mm. your inner truth and and live from that space Mm.
1: beautiful thank you (laughs) nick onkin really appreciate your time today brother i appreciate you having me on thank you yeah man Uh, you want to let people know where they can find you online
0: uh yeah you can go to my instagram at nick onkin n-i-c-k-o-n-k-e-n um you can pretty much get to everything from there you can always check out onkin.co that's like my main website amazing you get to everything everything from there
1: as well right on brother i really appreciate your time today thank you all right man have a great day you too hey everyone thanks for tuning in and if you enjoyed the show please do subscribe rate and review For more information and show notes, head on over to being-podcast.com. We'll see you next time. And remember, live your being.